You're listening to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. Now, here's Justin Fielder, Derek Stafford, and Tyler Schaefer. Hello and welcome to the 300th episode of the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. This is a Herd at Sports podcast. Justin here along with the cousins, Derek and Tyler. Guys, 300 episodes over the last eight seasons. This is... Uh, it's pretty remarkable that we're still doing this after this long. Tyler, what are your thoughts about this? Oh, man, it, it seems like just yesterday when we started this, and I guess when you and Derek and Patrick started this and jumping on, and I think I, I can remember living in Wisconsin at the time, and you guys saying, we're going to do a podcast. And I'm like, who the hell is going to listen to this podcast? <laughs> and, and 300 episodes in, I'm still kind of wondering, who the hell is listening to us talking about Husker football every week? Not who, it's why. That's that's the question. It's why, not who. Derek, what, what are your thoughts after 300 episodes? It's still fun. It's been fun every episode. There's been some highs and lows, but still fun. God, I, I enjoy doing it. Yeah. You know, uh even today, uh, one of our listeners, uh, Dave Dombowski, he, one guy I work with, always comes to me for the news. He says, Derek, you got any news? And another guy is sitting there, he's like, why are you asking him? He's like, well, he's got a podcast. He knows what he's talking about. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. By news, he's like, so, he has Twitter. <laughs> so so I had like three guys go to you got a podcast? Holy cow. And I'm like, how do you guys not know this by now? Yeah. But yeah, so maybe maybe we got a couple new listens with that. Hey, well, I'm excited. 300 episodes over the last eight seasons. I poured my last drink out of my Colonel E.H. Taylor bottle. So I am rocking some high quality bourbon tonight in celebration uh, Tyler, what, what are you drinking here tonight? I actually made an old-fashioned and a mm. Coors Banquet. Derek? I'm drinking Miller Lite. <laughs> rock on, rock on. Well, a simple man with simple taste. That's Derek, it. Don't ever change. That is Derek yeah. right there. All right, guys. I, hate, I tell you, what, I hate working after drinking whiskey. That is just miserable. You're not doing it right. Yeah. I mean, not after work. I, 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 I do. I still go to work. And sometimes I'm like, oh, I probably shouldn't be here right now. Yeah. Well, shouldn't have driven. I'm going to work. I'm gonna, I'm gonna lose a finger and <laughs> they're going to test my blood and be like, oh, well, there's still a lot of whiskey in your blood. You shouldn't be here. <laughs> well, uh, we have a lot to get into tonight. So there is some very highly exciting news on the Husker front, but also we're going to end the show reflecting upon 300 episodes over the last eight seasons we're going to be talking our about the uh, uh favorite podcast moments worst podcast moments uh most disappointing season favorite season and all kinds of little reflections so uh, i'm really looking forward to this guys it's been a long time so let's get into it guys dylan rayola holy cow so this news breaks uh yesterday right so Dylan Rayola, the stud five-star quarterback, he's got some Husker ties with his dad, Dominic, his dad, uh, Donnie Rayola, offensive line coach. We think he's going to go to the Nebraska way back in the day. 
He goes to Ohio State. Decommits. And we think he's coming back to Nebraska. Nope. He goes to Georgia. Well, he's been off my radar as well as many Huskers fans' radar, right? And then we find out that he's going to come to Nebraska on an official visit. And he's getting crystal balls to come to Nebraska. The excitement in Huskerland is crazy. Tyler, take us from there. Well, I mean, I, I think you, you, you played it up as well as possible. And since then, it has been a whirlwind of rumors into windows, cool, water cooler talk. I mean, guys, we're, we're in December. We're not playing in a bowl. And the Huskers dominated every side conversation I had today. The texturing are bumping. And it's a big deal, and and there's a lot of you know we when we do episodes like this, just a little bit of peek behind the scenes. We don't always love to just get into rumors like this because they don't age well. Because like in two days, the rumor's dead, something's already happened. But this one has so much legs to it. You have some of the most the best recruiting analysts in the country predicting a switch. You have him coming official. Georgia's on fire right now. They don't know what the hell's going on. Yeah. They're claiming we're paying him $3 million. He has an agent. All this stuff we're doing to get him. And hell, a month ago, we didn't think we had a million dollars to pay a quarterback. It, it's crazy. It's great. And the thing that's most exciting about this, I mean, you know, Matt Rule has done a lot of great things at Nebraska. So, and, and, and we'll talk about some of the things in the pipeline here in a minute. But signing Dylan Rayola would be the move the the recruit whatever you want to call it of all to get him in the Lincoln I mean to get the number two player in the country the number one quarterback guys number one quarterbacks don't miss a lot Justin Fields Trevor Lawrence Caleb Williams Bryce Young just to name a few over the last few years I mean like these guys almost consistently turn out to be first round draft picks and to get one of them on the roster whoo he Derek your thoughts on Dylan Rayola I mean, it would be a huge get, obviously. But I'm going to go kind of back to what Tyler was talking about. So I don't get too much into recruiting news like Tyler does because it all backfires on you. But when I'm seeing Steve Wiltfong of 24-7, one of the head recruiting guys for 24-7, and he was the first one to make the, the crystal ball for Dylan Royola to come here, that gets your blood pumping because it's not just some Nebraska guy doing it. This is a national guy. And then you turn around two days later, one day later, and you have Georgia sites that are starting to give crystal balls to Dylan Rayola flipping. So even Georgia's like, yeah, this kid's leaving. He's not, <laughs> he's not sticking around here. And I hope and pray to God that this is true. Like, what a massive get it would be. This would be the first five-star Nebraska picked up since Marlon Lucky in 2004. Yeah. He, he, he'd, I think I think I heard he'd be the third best recruit in Nebraska history. Well, he'd only be the third, fifth, five-star since they've been tracking stars back in the early 2000s. Chris Septic and Marlon Lucky. Marlon Lucky are the only other two. So what's fascinating about all of this is this is kind of like gravy on top of, you know, everything else that we had going great for us right now. Because Kyle McCord, the transfer quarterback out of Ohio State who started uh, for Ohio State this year, went 11-1, and uh, 
in the regular season. So we, as we talked last week on the podcast, you know, he's, his name is being mentioned as coming to Nebraska. So we were all on board with that. Uh, it's looking more likely that we're also going to land Kyle McCord. And some people are even saying Kyle McCord and Rayola will get both of those guys. That's two five-star quarterbacks that would be on our roster. Tyler, is that crazy? I mean, this is something that would you ever have thought that could be possible in Lincoln? Well, well, per uh, Arbitrary Analytics, uh, one of the best Twitter follows out there, I highly recommend never doing this. Uh, since 2011, 10 teams have had two five-star quarterbacks on, on the roster at the same time. Only A&M in 14 and 15 and USC in 23 failed to win at least 10 games with that much talent in the quarterback room. So it's a 70% chance we will have to win 10 games with two five stars. But but put that aside, just the fact that so few teams have done this. I mean, you think, gosh, well, Alabama every year has to have two five-star quarterbacks or Georgia or whoever it is. This is rare. And for a team that has been where Nebraska's been for so long, like, you know, my, one of my jokes is just like the, the fall here is going to hurt so bad on next week when none of this comes to fruition like it just the the hopes i mean the the banana in the tailpipe whatever it is i mean <laughs> it, it, it don't just fall for the banana bad, but, in the tailpipe but i mean it, it would be it, it'd be unprecedented for a team at where nebraska has been to be able to pull two quarterbacks like this derek well yeah i i mean right now you, you say i mean I, I obviously there's always that worry that you don't get either of them but by the sounds of it, you're almost you almost have to land one of these two quarterbacks, if not both of them. And it sounded really good that we could land both of them. Uh, McCord, I mean, he he's the rental guy. You know, you get him for one year and he's done. Like he he'll be out of eligibility. It's not just that he's going to come here and leave for the NFL. Like he'll be out of eligibility. So he's guaranteed to be a one, a one year wonder for Nebraska, and. I don't need him to be what he was at Ohio State. I don't need the 24 touchdowns and six interceptions. Just get me, I don't know, 17 touchdowns to 10 interceptions. Yeah. And because and I, I, here's the thing. I mean, we talked about this all season long. We were just an adequate quarterback away from winning seven, eight games. With an easy so schedule. Me, yeah. And the schedule's basically the same next year. I've got I've got it wrote down. We'll go over that another episode. But you you start crossing over matchups. It's really not that big of a difference. I mean, we're basically changing Ohio State for Michigan, or Michigan for Ohio State. I guess we're. I mean, outside of maybe USC being a little tougher, but shit, they were a seven and five team. Let's not make them out to be better than they are just because of their name. And they're losing Caleb Williams. Which yeah, like and they're still gonna be a tough game. Don't get me wrong, but. I mean, I outside of that, really, our schedule's not that much more difficult next year than it is this year. In fact, I went over it, and the win, if you look at the winning percentage of last year's schedule to this, uh, this year's schedule to next year's schedule, our our teams went seventy four and seventy this year. Next year, they went seventy three and seventy. No reason there's any difference is because we played Northern Iowa, who only played eleven games. Well, that's a great point. And I, that gives me even more. I mean, 
you know, I, I had kind of relished this thought that this Matt Rule journey was going to be like a three, four, five year, like, okay, well, next year we're going to get to a bowl. And then, you know what, the following year, you know, maybe we'll get to seven, eight wins. And then the year after that, I mean, but but the landing of Kyle McCord in Rayola, like that just catapults the expectations of what Matt Rule could do. And, you know, this year we were just a, just a hair away from making a bowl game and and we should have made a bowl game but you know next year you start looking at real new expectations and maybe next year doesn't all come to fruition but two three years down the road I mean I mean there's hope again that we can win a conference title in this decade which is something that I don't know how confident I was three weeks ago that's bullshit Todd I mean well maybe three weeks ago but Many years you think we're we're a conference uh, title away. Did remember you? You're the guy on this podcast that guaranteed that Scott Frost would win a conference title by year three. Yeah, that was very true. Very Even true. if that was accurate, I think everybody thought Scott Frost, if not winning a conference title, would at least be competing for a conference title by year. Three. Yeah, don't hate. Appreciate. <laughs> Even you thought that, Justin. I mean, that wasn't a big shock. I mean, it was more of a big shock that he didn't do it than it was that he, that people thought he would do it. Was it was a bigger shock that he couldn't win to get to a bowl game. That was the bigger but no, shock than anything. But, but back back to the news. Let's not talk about Scott Frost. We, we've got a potential to have two five-star <laughs> quarterbacks. So the question is, and, you know, I, I guess I don't even want to do the first question of who's more, who do you want more, but do you guys have, like, a gut feeling on who's more likely? Like, this time next week, what is the most likely outcome? We have both. We have neither. Which one? Like, where do you feel this is going to go? Derek. I, okay, from everything I'm reading between on three and 24-7, it really feels, I mean, it truly feels like we're getting both these guys. Now, am I going to be highly disappointed by next week? I sure hope not. But, yeah, it's possible. But right now, it feels like we're getting both these guys, which would be massive. Like, I don't even know if Dylan Royola wants to come here and start year one. I, I, I don't. I think he's okay sitting back a year. And who better to play behind than another five star guy that just won eleven games? I mean, the the thing with Royola at this juncture, right, is the the timing of it all, right? So if, if two weeks ago he had said he was going to decommit. And, you know, all this smoke, it could have been like, well, man, he wants to play right away. And he just saw the shit show Nebraska put out at quarterback. And he thinks I have a start to play. But when the news broke was after the Kyle McCord, like smoke was lit, like the fire was going. So he knows very much what he could be getting himself into at this point. Um, you know, I, I still give the edge, I guess, on this scenario. It, I'm with you, Derek. It all seems like we're getting both. I I feel as much as I, I really want Rayola and the, the sources are so good, I think McCord, we have like the – I think that's the outcome we're going to see. And, and if I had to say – and it's just maybe I'm protecting my heart a little bit because I, I want it so bad. I want both of them. But I – and then I get it. Still a good thing. Still will celebrate that. But I, I feel like I just don't see. It. I just don't th- see, think our graces are that good. You don't think we can get two at all? I mean, I, I mean, I think we can. And I think that all the signs point to we're going to, like Derek said. But 
when is the when has everything worked out for Nebraska? In the off season, all the time. So the the joke of the day is this: is, Nebraska's getting better, guys. You know, it used to take us till July to win off season championships. We started winning those in the spring. This season's not even over yet, and we've already won next year's off championship. Yeah. I mean, we're getting really good. Hey, if you guys want to boo me, you can because you know sometimes I'm a pessimist at when these good graces fall upon Nebraska like this. So I was already comfortable with uh, getting Cal McCord. We're about to talk about his wide receiver, Julian Fleming, here in a second. But I was already felt like we were in a good place. And then when the Dylan Rayola news broke, I was like, oh, wow, that is awesome. And then it started going through my head, right? And I'm like, oh, my God, this kind of sounds familiar. You know, it's like, what if he does, what if he's, uh, thinking he's coming to Nebraska and it scares off McCord. And then Chubba Purdy's sitting in the wings, you know, and he's like, oh, well, uh, uh, Dylan Rayola and McCord, they're coming. He's going to peace on out and transfer. And then Dylan Rayola, uh, you know, he's like, ah, I think I'll just go back to Georgia. And then by then, Chubba Purdy's gone and McCord is like, okay, I'm just going to move on and do my own thing. Uh, I, I don't think you. Have to, I don't think you have to worry about Purdy in that situation. Why? Only because why? Because he could put his name in the trade report and take it back out. That's true. That's true. And he's not going to get picked up in the next week if he enters in the portal. Yeah. Well, I don't. I, mean, I don't imagine. And and Brayola is going to have to be signed by next week. Yeah. All, all of this is going to break. I mean, well, he, I, mean, I guess he wouldn't have to be, but. You would assume he could wait. He could wait till the February signing period, but then he—I don't think he, he can't be an early enrollee, and yeah. that's what he wants. How to are do. you going to feel if he is not in, like, uh, if he does not sign in December? Are you going to be like uh, flaky? Oh, I'm moving on because he ain't coming here. He'll get swayed somewhere else. But I, I, for a guy that's wanting to enroll as early as, he, like, I, I didn't even realize this was possible. So the whole the, he moved to Georgia. I don't know how many people know this. He moved to Buford, Georgia. Uh, to play high to, to finish out his senior year of, of school, and so he was able to actually join Georgia in practice for the Peach Bowl. Like he couldn't play in the Peach Bowl, but he could come in for those practices. And so I, I didn't realize a player, a high school kid, could do that. So for a kid that's that that's that ambitious and that's what he wants to do. Like, I can't imagine him just all of a sudden going, yeah, I'll wait till February to sign. Like, it doesn't, I mean, not that a lot has made sense with him. But does so it far, make but... sense for him to be that ambitious to say, yeah, I'm not going to stay here at Georgia. I'm going to Nebraska. Doesn't that kind of like, it's like. Well, something happened at Georgia, and I don't know what it is, but multiple people are saying something happened at Georgia that has not made him happy, whatever it is. And so he's not happy with Georgia. Okay. This is this this isn't just because he all of a sudden wanted to come to Nebraska. Something happened at Georgia that pissed him off, and he was like, "I'm not going to come here now." And, and I, Georgia, I, I, Georgia I've heard rumors that. just just because Carson Beck's wanting to come back for another year, which don't make a lot of sense to me if he's willing to sit behind Kyle McCord for a year. But but it could be promises. It could be promises, and how the it could be promises. I, I've heard, I've heard that he was promised a bunch of nil money. And they brought this other quarterback in, and now they're telling him he's got to split that money with this other quarterback. I mean, again, I, again, I've heard rumors, but they're all rumors. We don't know what really happened there. 
So time will tell, but it right now it feels very, very promising that he's coming here and I couldn't be more excited for it. So Derek, I'm going to put you on the spot. If, if you could only bring in one of these quarterbacks, which one would you bring in? It's Rayola because I, I'm looking more long-term. I, I don't want to struggle next year. I really don't want to have to have him start as a true freshman, which is what's going to happen if we don't get McCord. Uh, but the long-term success with him is much more promising than a one-year run wonder with McCord. Tyler, I, I don't want I don't want to have one successful season and wonder what's going to happen after that. Tyler, how's this quarterback room going to shake out if we bring in McCord and Rayola? Though, I mean, your guess is as good as mine. I mean, you, you you can't imagine, you know, I think right now if you say, okay, well, Jeff Sims is gone. I think you look at next year and reasonable people could argue in different arguments, different day, who would be more poised to be ahead between Harburg or Purdy. But neither of those two guys are, I think, in the conversation of competing with the other two. Then you bring in Danny Kalen. I mean, where does he fit in this whole battle? I don't know. I mean, I think the obvious answer is Harburg changes positions. Purdy is up in the air, whether he transfers or not. And then Kalen is sitting there, you know, and, and still a bright future. Because you, you don't think you're going to have Rayola for four or five years. I mean, you've you got to think he's a three-year guy and he's gone. That's fair. And, I, and I'm, I'm going to tell you, I feel bad for Kalen. Like, I, I haven't been his biggest fan. I have, I've said it before, and I'm sure... Yeah, well, if we get Rayola and McCord, I probably won't say it again. But before we got, before these two guys were a possibility, I told you guys I was not impressed with the quarterbacks that these guys were going after. Kalen doesn't really do it for you, and Alex Mansky for next year is not a huge name that I'm loving. But if you get McCord and Rayola, that changes that narrative. Well, and then but it, but, but it, at the same time, I feel bad because Kalen. I mean, he committed to Missouri, who's having a far better season than what Nebraska has had. And they're they're having much more success. He could have just stayed there and been happy. But as soon as we thought Rayola was out of the picture, he, he decommitted and said, oh, I, I want to come play for Nebraska. And, yeah, he's, I, and he stayed here. He's, he's helped recruit some of these kids. And now he's just kind of getting like, I, I know, I know Rule told him, like, we'll honor the scholarship. Come to Nebraska still. But that kid's got to know, like, he ain't playing for the next three or four years. Well, three, so it's three years, right? So it's a three-year thing, and and, and if you're honest, it's, it's probably four. Wow. I mean, because I he's not going to play this year. Assuming and then, pro- and then probably for another three years after why, that. With, why, why is Rayola going to stick around for three years? For, why is he going to stick in college for four Well, years? then why redshirt him? I, because you have another quarterback who's a little bit more proven. So I don't know. Let me okay. We, I, I can, we I can to see move on the, I can here see real quick. We got a lot to get years. into. But one of the things, interesting things, is will this staff want to keep five uh, scholarship quarterbacks on the roster in twenty twenty four? Harburg's got to move or Purdy transfers. I mean that that's the answer. I mean, yeah, I I, I think Harburg probably moves. Purdy might be tough to transfer since he's already transferred once. But he's got to be he's, graduating. He's going to graduate here in December, so he can. Is he okay? Yeah, he can move as a graduate transfer, so that can happen. Uh, Harburg, I mean, it, it, I, 
I don't want to see Chubba Purdy go because I kind of like liked what I saw out of him last year. But, you know, if he does transfer, it's not the worst for Nebraska because you also, you'll have Harburg in the wings to play quarterback. But if you need him, and but you can also utilize a skill set like at say tight end. Yep. I mean, yeah, absolutely. I if it comes down to those two quarterbacks, I'd rather keep Harburg than Purdy. Yeah, I I don't know. I I don't know if I'm willing to commit at that point. Uh, I I would. I look. I I know you don't like Harburg and everything, but dude, one. I, I like Harburg, just not at quarterback. <laughs> I don't. I don't think you like. Well, him at all, hopefully but. we have this problem. Yeah, it's a great problem to have. All right, to move on, we got to talk about Julian Fleming. He's a he's another five star wide receiver that's uh, transferring out of Ohio State. Now, uh, a lot of people are saying that he could be a package deal with McCord if he were to come in. So, uh, Tyler, your your thoughts on Julian Fleming? I mean, Julian Fleming when he came out of high school was the number one. Uh, uh, high school wide receiver. He went to Ohio State. Uh, he is going to be entering a senior campaign. Um, you know, in in his career, uh, he has almost a thousand yards receiving. Um, his twenty twenty two season was his best year, where he had five hundred thirty three yards and six touchdowns. Uh, this year, he kind of, you know, took a little bit step back statistically, but you know, he he kind of shapes up and haven't scouted him a ton, but. A little bit like the Trey Palmer, where he has all the athletic ability, has the pedigree, maybe utilization. And that's tough when you have Marvin Harrison Jr. on the same roster, who is, you know, the, the best wide receiver in college in the last decade, perhaps. Well, you also like, got Ibuka, who's been really good. Like, like the second best wide receiver in college football. Right, yeah. And so, for the last uh, couple it, of years, I mean, there's no I mean, him being the third best on this team is like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, there, there's no shame in that. So, so yeah, I mean, it, you know, he he we we talked about this last week when we did our transfer portal. All of us had wide receiver as a position of need. This is a guy this satisfies it. And whether he's the number 1 wide receiver next year, number 2, number 3, I don't know where it shakes out, but you know he's going to be an immediate contributor and that's really where you're hoping for at that wide receiver position. Derek. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he he doesn't I, again. He doesn't have to come here and be the number one guy. I, I guess you kind of hope for him to be since he's a senior. But if you can get him in here with uh, Jalen Lloyd, and Malachi Coleman, and Thomas Fedoni out there, like I, I'm pretty pleased with that group of weapons. You know, and and if Fedoni, if, if for all players that should be excited if McCord comes here, it should be Fedoni because he threw a ton to his tight end at, at Ohio State. Well, and, and Derek, I mean, you talked about like the the guys on the roster, but you also look at the guys that were bringing in with Isaiah uh, McMorris bringing him yeah. in, and uh, you know Roger Gradney out of Texas, and you know you you're bringing in other wide receivers that you think can play this year. Maybe um, I mean possibly, but the, right? but, the, but the nice thing is now we hopefully won't have to rely on them having to play. Yeah, like if I mean, they're ready to play, fine. But we were in a situation last year where it was like, okay, you're going to have to play whether you're ready or not because well, we've had so many injuries. It, it, we all thought this. Like, well, I mean, I think we all graded wide receiver room the worst room last year. And based off nothing else, we all th- I, I think they were going to be substantially better just because of another year and a little bit more time in the oven, a little bit more thing. It, but 
Add but you add Julian Fleming into the Fleming to that, and all of a sudden, I'm not saying it's the strength of the offense, but it suddenly becomes like, oh wow, yeah. we got some weapons. We it, you no longer weapon dependent. So yeah, you feel and it's really going to open, and it'll help open up the running game. Like it helps everything with this offense, just having some weapons that can spread an offense out a little, or a defense out a little bit. All right, so we also got some great news coming in this week. Uh, that Isaac Gifford and Bryce Benhart, they are going to return. This is huge news. I mean, this is these are two guys. Uh, at the end of the year, we kind of did our uh, season reflection, and we talked about the uh, the top guys on offense and top guys on defense. Isaac Gifford, he was one of the top three guys on defense last year. Bryce Benhart was probably one of the top three guys on offense last year. Both of them had the opportunity to move on, but they're coming back. This is huge news. Derek, your thoughts? Oh, this this is huge. This is this is great news for Nebraska. I mean, the experience that's coming back with these two guys just can't be measured. I mean, people need to understand. I, Isaac Gifford has been a good to great player for the last three years, and he's gonna. I, I mean, he's not gonna get worse. He's gonna continue. He doesn't have to get better. Just keep doing what you're doing, right? They probably have like what seventy and starts and between the two the, between the two of them. More than oh, probably more than that. More than that? I Bryce mean, Ben Hart started basically every game since he's been on campus. Yeah, he's probably at fifty starts by himself. Yeah, and right. he probably and and and, I, and Ben Hart's probably the guy that took the biggest jump last year out of any player on this roster. Yeah, he was my. Like, Number one most improved player on offense. I, I, I believe he was mine too. Uh, I just what what this does. I, you know, a lot, a lot of people still want to go after uh, some offensive line portal guys, and for depth, I can understand it. Uh, I kind of mentioned to you guys that this is year three under this. This will be year three under Donnie Rayola. Well, for for most of these guys. And it's time, it's time these guys get developed. Ben Hart was a big four-star guy. T- Turner Corcoran was a huge four-star guy. We need to start seeing some development out of these guys. Uh, yeah, I don't want and, to. And I think we already started seeing some this year. But I, there's one more step that's got to be taken. And I, I don't think we just necessarily need more guys. We need to just get them going the way they should be going. I mean, I, I don't want to turn this into a Turner Corker, but I think a lot of his problems is he's playing out of his position. I don't think he's... I, I agree. I agree. And so you're trying to... And if you could him. ever get a, f- a fully healthy uh, Prohaska with, with Ben Hart out there, I mean, I, I that line doesn't bother me. You got... with Between Ben Scott at center, if he comes back, which Rule kind of alluded to, it sounded like he was coming back. And then you got Prohaska at left tackle and Ben Hart at right tackle with Corcoran at one of those two guard spots. Like, I'm feeling pretty decent about that offensive line. What you do, and, and, and so, you know, Justin, you mentioned, th- th- this was my offensive and defensive MVP. I think these were, you know, our best defensive player and our best offensive player last year. And and so, obviously, I am on board thinking that getting these guys back is a huge deal. But I think what it does more than anything else is it stops a huge question mark. And what I mean by that is if you lost Bryce Benhart, what do you do at that right tackle spot? Like, I don't know if we're quite ready. Is it Jacob Hood? Is he there? Uh, you know, what do you do at that position? At safety, but I, I, 
I, I will say this, and this is what's going to have to happen. And I'll just we'll stick with the offensive line for a second. Is Jacob Hood and some of these other guys, some of these other developmental guys that we've been picking up over the last year or two, they're going to start getting a little bit of playing time. We're going to start because we are going to lose Corcoran and Ben Hart and Ben Scott next year. Yeah. So it, this is where the developmental part comes in. We're going to start seeing some of these younger guys get in and play and and learn and learn the ropes a little bit. Sure, sure. But I, but I'm glad we don't have to answer that this year. And then on, at safety, like we lost Omar Brown, big loss. Losing another safety out of that secondary when you're already losing uh, Quint Newsome, like that secondary. You know, you start questioning, like, man, where does this secondary end up? I mean, it, it, but with Isaac Gifford, I mean, I, I know I have a lot more like, well, that's one spot we don't have to worry about filling. And now you're not thinking transfers as much. You don't need to go and bring in another safety. You can let some of that development kind of seep through. It, it just, it really shores up a lot of the potential question marks. And plus you're bringing back two of your best players, which is a huge win on a team like this. So one of the things that I I forgot to get into is the NIL factor for bringing in Rayol and McCord, seeing if there's enough money in the war chest uh, to keep these guys in. When you hear the announcement that Bryce Benhart and Isaac Gifford are coming back, that's I mean these are two guys that could probably play on Sundays, right? So how much money is NIL providing some of these top guys? Uh, you know that Rayola and McCord, they're going to have seven-figure NIL deals. And then you talk about Bryce Benhart and Isaac Gifford, two of the very best people on offense and defense. What are they commanding for NIL, and how much of that was a factor, Tyler? Well, I mean, I have no idea what they were given. I mean, I, I think there's probably a combination of they, they were getting a good chunk of money, um, and I'm throwing out a random number, and I have no idea how close it is, but let's say they each got a quarter million to come back. No, no idea if that's reasonable or not. You start saying, hey, if that's around the ballpark, you start saying, man, I might be a sixth, seventh round draft pick, maybe undrafted. It's probably where you're looking at both of those guys. I'm not going to get that much more. I come back another year. I improve my draft stock, get paid you know, in the ballpark of the same amount of money as I would have made. I, I think I think the equation isn't that hard to tie the dots, that it, there was probably a little bit of the NIL, which, you know, of all the complaining Nebraska fans and a lot of college football fans have done of NIL, I mean, this is great. I mean, you're able to keep guys in school another year, uh, you know, because of NIL, where you may not have been able to do that five, six years ago. Derek? Well, yeah, I agree. I mean, Tyler, Tyler, you said it. it it's going to happen more and more, and I, I think you're going to start seeing it, like especially with like quarterbacks. Unless you're a first or second round guy, you just will stick around for another year and up your draft stock rather than sit through a rookie year or two or three uh, a rookie contract of making nine hundred thousand like Brock Purdy is right now. If I can come back for one more year and up my draft stock and make. Ten million compared to that nine hundred thousand, like yeah, why wouldn't you? Plus, I'm probably making close to that, or or maybe even more than that in college. There's no reason to leave early the way there's always been 
in, in, in years past. All right, guys. Uh, anything else on potential newcomers or transfers or recruits? No? All right. Let's get into it, guys. Let's talk about where we are today as a podcast. 300 episodes. This is our 300th episodes episode. We've done this for eight years. Let's reflect a bit about this. Uh, I got to say, I reached out to Patrick, our cousin Patrick, who hosted this show for the first two years. And I said, hey, Patrick. This is last week. I said, hey, Patrick. What's up, man? I was like, how would you like to host the Husker Cuzcast for a 300th episode next week? And he replies back to me. He goes, I have a Christmas party. Good luck. Break a leg. It's like, I didn't even give you the day. <laughs> so that, that's a no. But uh, I, I, I just thought that was funny. He, I got to say, Patrick was a great host. He was a great host. He had very creative uh, intros. Unlike me, I read from a script every single week, and I still get it wrong most nights. Uh, <laughs> Tyler, what did you think of Patrick's uh, uh, intros over the oh, first two years? It, it was it was energetic. It was different each week. I mean, yeah, man, we, we used to do a lot of different things to start the show, and his intros used to be one of them. Uh, miss talking to him every week on this Uh Hope, hope he's doing well and you know, must don't see him as much with not doing this, but yeah, it was, it was a different vibe in years one and two. It was Derek. How, how bad has the hosting got since Patrick left? I mean, it's pretty miserable. It's, <laughs> it is. I can agree with that. I can agree with that. Uh, Patrick did an awesome job. I, I was really hoping he'd try to come back for this episode and we'll, we'll try to make it work again. We'll find another time that's good for him. I, we love him. He's a, he'll always be our cousin, and I, I he he did a great job. And he just it is what it. Is. Oh, sorry, sorry, Rick. I almost said it. Yeah, Rick, Rick hammered me on Facebook for it is what it is. So I I apologize. I didn't mean to say that. Is that our new drinking uh, game now? Yeah, I guess. All right. Uh, but but good luck to Patrick. I hope everything works out well for him. All right. So we've seen a lot of seasons since we've been doing this podcast. Again, eight seasons. A uh, lot of disappointing seasons. But ta- di- oh, I'm sorry, Derek. Your most disappointing season since doing the podcast is what? Uh, all of them. Not all of them. You gotta pick. Take a stance. <laughs> I mean, uh, let's see. We could go with. Yeah, pretty much all of them. I, I you know what, probably twenty twenty one. I think there was some massive hope for twenty twenty one, and just couldn't do nothing. Tyler, you got a good answer? Well, I don't know if it's a good answer. That that was in my top five, Derek. Twenty twenty one was in my top five. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna actually go last year. Uh, last really? year being, you know, we we were five and three. You know, every it, it seemed like a foregone conclusion that we're making a bowl, and the way we ended the year with the losses we had, it was just heartbreaking. And 
you know, and obviously a lot of hope going right now with Rayoleta and uh, McCord changing the tides, but it just, it, it was, it was a hard season to watch with the quarterback play, the worst quarterback play in my lifetime. So sad we got to that position and just the fact that we couldn't get over the hump. Just one more win. Everything is different. But yeah, I'm going to go last year. So we started our podcast in 2016, which is the last time that Nebraska had a winning record. Uh, And this was under Riley. We are one of the very few podcasts that are still doing this that were around for a winning season. So my disappointing season was the 2017 season under Mike Riley. Because prior to that, all I knew about being a Husker fan was winning. You know, we had we had the uh, the 2015 year of Mike Riley where we went five and seven, but we rebounded big time in 2016, our first year. So 2017 going four and eight, and the way that we were losing was absolutely miserable. This was uncharted territory for most Husker fans. I mean. Damn near all Husker fans. It was uncharted territory. So that was probably the most disappointing season. Uh, It ended on a high note because we got the guy that we wanted with Scott Frost. But that was the first time that anybody loved anything about that season. Do you guys remember back in that 2017, the way that we were losing? I mean, Bob Diaco was defensive coordinator. We couldn't stop anybody. I mean, the scoring, I mean, it was it was just miserable football. Eventually, we got used to it over the, <laughs> over the next six years. Uh, but that was my most disappointing season because it changed everything that I knew about Husker football. Uh, favorite season, Derek? I, I, I don't know. I, I'll say I'll say probably I'll go 2018. You know, you get we got you mentioned it. We got Scott Frost. It was the the aspirations were high. We like everybody thought everything was going to go in the right direction. It seemed like Nebraska fans were united again. Uh, it just felt like, and then we had some really good wins in that season, even though it started off really bad. Uh, we ended up with some good wins. We almost beat uh, Ohio State that year, and everything looked like it was going up and up. So I'll say probably 2018 season. Tyler? Good choice, good choice. Uh, I'm going to go 2016. I think our first year. You know, we had nine wins. We go into Madison. uh, You know, we go into overtime. And, you know, Stanley Morgan, one of the most reliable receivers we've seen uh, in Nebraska history, you know, drops a pass, and which would have been a game winner. And we lose. And then... The sixty-two to three game to Ohio State, which it which sucked, but overall a nine-win season. A lot of hope came out of there. That season really kind of it was a little bit going before this, but that season really sparked the Calabrasca movement, which was a huge, exciting time in Nebraska football, uh, bringing you back there. But yeah, I mean, I think the the only winning record we've seen since doing this would be my favorite season. Yeah, that was my favorite season as well. Just. Because it was, you got used to talking about wins, right? You'd win a game and you'd go into it and, it. and podcasts are always more fun to do coming off of a win. They're always you, more fun. Yeah, because you can talk about things that didn't go well. 
but you're still talking from a position of, hey, we won. Yeah, sure. So since you stole that, I have a uh, a second choice, and that's the 22 season, really. So Scott Frost gets fired, and if anybody's listened to this podcast for more than two weeks, knows that I was never a fan of Scott Frost. So when he got fired, my my fandom was re-energized under Mickey Joseph. You remember that, Tyler? How, how that switch had happened? You know, Derek all of a sudden turned into the negative Nancy, and I just turned into, like, the optimist cousin. And you're like, what is going on here? Because I flipped like a switch. I finally saw uh, reasons to be optimistic about the future of Nebraska football with Mickey Joseph. After Scott Frost was gone, I was like, yep, now now we can start rolling. It didn't happen the way that we wanted to. But seeing the way that they fought every year, I mean, it was exciting. It was intriguing football just to see if Mickey Joseph could get him over the hump and get him to possibly a bowl game. So that that was probably my second favorite season of since we've been doing the podcast. All right. Tyler, this is a category for us here. The favorite podcast moments. 300 episodes, eight seasons. Give us a favorite podcast moment for you. Yeah, I, I'm going to go. You know, we, We've been lucky enough to have a lot of great guests on. I, I don't think when you guys listen to the Husker Cuscast, you, you know, people don't sit there and listen to us thinking we have a lot of guests. But we, we, we've been lucky enough to have a lot of great guys. And, and probably my favorite was the first time we had Brandon Kinney on the podcast. And he told the great Bo Pelini story about how he got his ass ripped. And I, I, I'm going to get the game wrong, but I think it was A&M and how that went down. And, you know, obviously all of us followed Bo in that story. And it just, it, it, a lot of times I've had me really cracking doing this podcast, but that was such a great story hearing, reliving some of the glory days in recent history with uh brandon kinney and and just kind of hearing that was just an amazing story you should go back and listen to that episode tyler you can't ago. leave the listeners like that explain the story to i'm gonna get it wrong i'm gonna get the details wrong i if, if you guys can hit it just, better than me just do your best no no I, no i i don't want to i don't want to take away from it. i want people to go back and listen to it and hit 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 it out of the park that is uh, so weak i it involved him getting his ass chewed yeah, I, I think I thought I hit that. Uh, yes, but Bo Pelini was not. He he didn't give him a good uh, pat on the back uh, from a misplay that he made. Uh, Derek, some of your favorite podcast moments. Uh, can I just say uh, winning an award for the show? Yeah, that was, that was awesome. That was pretty awesome, and it was recent. I mean, I know it was just a couple months ago, or yeah, a couple months ago. So, man, what 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 an awesome time that was! That so was talk pretty, about pretty, that. Set it sorry, up for the uh, listeners that don't know. Well, I hope they know. We uh, won the award for podcast that likes to argue the most. We can't even agree with the best moments. Nor should we. I, <laughs> I, you know, it was it was a great night, and it was uh, just amazing. I didn't no no block no rock uh, put that episode or that. Not episode that award show on, and it was a great time. And for us to win was—we I mean, really we all went in there with 
the thought we weren't going to win a damn thing. Well, and what for was us to, cool for, about for that, us to go in there and win was was just amazing. That was really cool. But you know what is also cool is going to the Nebraska Brewing Company and seeing all the great podcasts that cover uh, Nebraska football. Because my God, there are a lot of podcasts that cover Nebraska football. So met, you met hear, a lot of good, really great these people. guys on Twitter. You know, you hear their names and stuff. But actually meeting uh, the people, you know, having a beer. With a lot of these guys in the podcast. They're all great guys. It was such a great time. And I could have sat there all night talking to everybody. But, you know, uh, hopefully next year, uh, no block, no rock, they do this again. Because that was such a great night. And so, for any listeners that are out there, if you want to come out and talk Husker football and have a great night. If no block, no rock, if they do this event again next year. Come out and see everybody. It is such a cool time. One of my favorite podcast moments, and this probably could be chalked into the worst podcast moments, but Derek, do you remember when we had a heated, heated exchange during the Scott Frost era where we started blowing up at each other and you're like, fuck you, I'm done with this. And, you know, it's like a whole bunch of FUs and like, I'm done. You're done. Everyone's done. And then it's like quiet. And then all the feedback that we get is like, oh my God, are you guys done doing a podcast? Do you, do you guys hate each other? It's like, are you guys ever going to talk again? And what they don't know, and this is kind of a catalyst why we were probably nominated and won. We like to argue because that was one of the most heated exchanges that we've had on our podcast and it was like everybody was like like oh my god it's like are you guys okay i mean it's like yeah <laughs> but, I mean, and what they don't know is we have this argument every week <laughs> yeah i mean <laughs> we're actually tame on the podcast it's it's after hours it's like we're but we we we, we generally hate each other about three times a week and then love each other the other four days well that it, and for listeners, especially you two, like, I mean, you two have 20 years of the I hate you and go to hell and all this shit back and forth. And you were like, uncomfortable yeah. during that moment, Tyler. You were uncomfortable. Yeah, it, was, it was awkward. I was like, huh? man. But I was with Derek because you were being a pain in the ass at that point. So. Well, so going back to it, I mean, Scott Frost provided the most arguments that we've ever had on the show. I mean, mm. when it comes to I don't to know. Debate, I think Mike Riley, Mike Riley had a lot of arguing moments, too. Is that can, right, Tyler? Can, can I hit my worst podcast moment? Might as well right now. Oh, my God. My least favorite podcast moment was after game one of 2017. After the year that was the best year in podcast history, we we win. We win a game, and it was close. And my cousins here decide to go off the handle, put poll questions out. Should we fire Mike Riley? And lost. That is not true. That is not true. That is not true. I believe it was after we lost to Northern Northern Illinois. No, it wasn't. Third game. No, it was not. It was the first game of the season. No, it was after the third game. It was the first game of the season. Because Justin was still arguing with me after the first game. It was after we lost to Northern Illinois. Point is, after we lost one game. 
Wait, wait, was it Zach Lee, Tanner Lee, whatever the hell Tanner his name was? Tanner Lee. Threw uh, two pick sixes to lose us a game. Okay. I want, I want to look back on that moment and just say that Tyler was right. That firing coach, Mike Riley, may not have been the thing, but we haven't won a lot since you guys did this. And I'm not saying you two are responsible for the shit that we've had over the last seven years. I'm just saying you're partially responsible for being assholes and trying to fire a coach. Oh. And I would still say town. fire Mike Riley. Would we be a in a better position today had we kept Mike Riley? I mean, no. Again, after 300 episodes, I'm hoping next week we'll have two <laughs> new quarterbacks and the tide will turn. But could we have been in a worse position by keeping Mike Mike Riley? I think we are in a better position today by getting Matt Rule than what we've ever been. Would we have been in a better position than hiring Scott Frost? Fuck, yes, we would have been in a better position. Yeah, that is it a out? no brainer. And it's all your fault, Justin. You brought this on yourself. So I, I have always been, I hate the fire of the coaches and excuse. I hate that as a lever. I hate that, you know, I mean, we, we were on the Gen Red podcast. We did a, a round table with them. I hate firing Satterfield. I hate all the firing the coaches. I've always been this guy. And it drove me crazy. That at that point in the Mike Riley era, Mike Cousins went out and started saying, you got to fire everyone, fire everyone. And it turns out we were right. Well, yeah, we fired I, mean, everyone. Hell, I mean, that, that's been the thing. The I'm pretty time. sure they didn't fire everyone because we put out a Twitter poll oh, question. I, they I, got five votes. I still think that torpedoed this season. I blame you too, you fuckheads. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure. Oh, wait, who, who would have fired? Oh, it was Bill Moose came in and fired. Mike it was I course was there. I course didn't last yeah, much longer. I course got fired before Riley got fired. Yeah, we've gone through a couple of those. The the AD leaves. Yeah, and the coach. Yeah. Well, that brings back some memories. <laughs> Speaking of memories, can I go back to one of my favorite podcast moments? And we've had a couple of uh, Patrick references, but there's. There's another one. And I bring oh, this back. Oh, here comes a thick and huge. I bring this back every year, but this is one of my favorite podcast moments of all time. And this is a, a clip from a podcast that we did. We, we love to talk about the Phil Steele magazine. That was one of our favorite things. Every summer, we'd get the Phil Steele magazine, and it'd be, we'd be like little children, you know, or at Christmas, you know, open the present, and we would just get into this magazine. So... This is six years ago when Patrick was hosting. We're talking about uh, the Phil Steele magazine. And here's Patrick. It's no it's no surprise it's that, that the Phil Steele magazine is probably our favorite, amongst the cousins here, our favorite preview of college football. It's the most objective. It's the most analytical. There's no bones about it. There's no bias it's wonderful, and it's thick, and it's huge, and it's worth your money. Uh, based off of the Phil Steele uh, 2017 college football preview, I have to say there are some interesting things in it that I might have issue with. Uh, Justin, do you have do you have any? Uh, okay, Derek, Derek. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. Well, I guess uh, my biggest thing is 
Oh, I, I, I've lost my train of thought. Go to Justin. I'm sorry. Justin, can you compose yourself and... <laughs> You can't say thinking huge, dude. <laughs> anyway, I lost it up thinking huge. I'm sorry. I'm such a teenager. Yeah, uh, you are. <laughs> that's why we. That's why we picked you for this thing. <laughs> no, I, I think. I think what I got out of so. The, uh, oh my god. That and, is. And that, one we of my still has this, It still has this cracking up. Anytime yeah, I hear we, thick and we huge. love you, Patrick, but that was great. It's thick. It's and huge. It's huge. <laughs> it is worth the money. Oh my god. Yeah, that I love that. Oh. Alright, one more Patrick story as I transition to the worst podcast moments for me. And that is the moment that Derek fired Patrick from the podcast. I never fired Patrick. Patrick is no longer host, Derek. I'm pretty sure that had more to do with you than me. You're the one that called him up and fired Patrick, and then I was hosting the next week. That is I never how fired I remember. Patrick. You can remember it that way. Worst I moment. I never fired Patrick. Worst, Worst moment, moment ever. Yeah, thanks a lot. We, we've had to listen to Justin a lot more now. <laughs> It's again, you, we, you guys just don't think your repercussions. Fire Mike Riley. Then we get never win, make a bull again. Fire Patrick. Now we have to listen to Justin. I mean, come <laughs> on, guys. Think about your actions before. <laughs> blame Derek for that one. Yeah. That is you can you blame me, me, but I didn't fire Patrick, so. <laughs> no, I mean, guys, these last eight seasons, seven and a half years we've been doing this. We've had so many phone calls. I mean, we have 300 episodes. I mean, probably 400 hours of material (laughs) out on the internet floating around of us talking football. Guys, this has been such a fun ride. And I hope we can continue this for another 300 episodes. Uh, This is... I just love talking to family. I love... uh, Three things I love is I love my family... I love Husker football, and I love football. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I just I look forward to doing this with you guys every week. And so, what Did, great times! You gotta leave that out the drinking beer part. No, I mean, but that's a given, right? I mean, well, I mean, you talk about the three things you love. I'm pretty sure drinking beer is the top of that. Well, I didn't think I had to tell anybody that. I think they know I like drinking <laughs> beer, right? Don't don't we have one more superlative to hit to bring it back to Huskers? I mean, we went down memory lane, hit some of the favorite Huskers we've got a chance to talk about. We cutting that? Oh no, I didn't cut it out. I just didn't write it down. Okay. <laughs> All right, Tyler, you're the new host for the next 300 episodes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so so so. Let's go ahead. Let's do your favorite offensive Husker during the the podcast era. Justin, you go first. My favorite Husker on offense. Since I didn't write this down, I'm poorly prepared. Uh, Oh, my God. I I don't know. We haven't had a great offense in the last... Scott Frost was only known for offense. Yeah, but we didn't win a lot of games. 
I don't I don't know. I don't, I don't know if there's been a offensive player that's really I don't know. Derek help me out here. I'll, I'll go Divine Azigbo. I was thinking, yeah. I mean You know, the last guy to run for a thousand yards in the season. He was an underdog. He was a guy nobody thought was ever really gonna play much. And he was supposed to be a third down back. You know, a guy gets you to one or two yards. And he turned into a stud. So I'll go Divine Zigbo. Tyler? Well, man, there's a lot of names. I know. You're going to say Adrian Martinez. I I, I can speak I am for not you. saying Adrian Martinez. He was my number two. And I can help you out. give you a couple other names you could say. But Trey Palmer, Stanley Morgan, Wandell Robinson are all guys that could have made it. But I'm going to go with Derek's favorite Husker, the last quarterback to get us to a bowl. But Tommy Armstrong. Oh, Tommy Armstrong, yeah. Tommy Armstrong, Tommy touchdown. I mean, he played a lot of games. If you go back to that first year, that Oregon game, the way he played in that game, that game-winning touchdown, ran it in. I mean, he came in, played that Mike Riley offense. It actually ran it pretty well, better than anyone thought he was going to be capable of. Um, played with a lot of heart, uh, has all the records at Nebraska, just absolutely destroyed the record book in his tenure here. And yeah, we got to see it and talk about his. Yeah. You know, you know, what's funny about that is because during those times live, we underappreciated, uh, Tommy Armstrong big time. Yeah. Go, go watch quarterback this year and go back and watch that. I mean, it looked well, a little bit different. I mean, we've we've talked, you know, over the uh, the last few years. I'm like, what would Tommy Armstrong have done in these offenses? And we would have excelled. I mean, he was very underappreciated, and yeah, I mean, is he came at a time where you know we were Nebraska was still great, or people perceived that Nebraska could be great, and there were times where he just did not look good. But yeah. You're right. He he was pretty good. He was pretty damn good. Any name you don't want to name here? Any name? J D Spielman. Give I like J D Spielman. I, I I really liked him. I liked yeah, him. We had a, a lot, lot of great offensive players in this tenure. Yeah, you're right. But I don't. Cam Jurgens throw throw some love to the center. Yeah, but we didn't throw him a lot of love on this <laughs> podcast. I mean, it wasn't up until his final year. I mean, there were times, there were many episodes where I remember that we thought that he should have probably have been benched. We don't talk about those times. Well, let's be honest here. We throw out Cam Jurgens' name, and he's he's absolutely crushing it in the NFL now. Absolutely yeah, crushing have, it. You know, Scott, Scott didn't do a lot right. Moving him off at the line might have been one of them. However, maybe he should have been playing guard for us that whole time, because... He's doing pretty damn well. Hey, I don't know who else is going to snap that ball, though. Anyone. Anyone who could snap it consistently. <laughs> yeah. Well, I tell you what. Cam Jurgens, he's he's making a mint uh, Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, oh. We're losing Derek here. Nope. Uh, yep. Want to uh, jump to defense, Tyler? Yep, let's do defense. Uh, again, a, a position that we have a lot of names. Uh, um. But I I had two written down, um, both really recent guys. But I'm gonna go Garrett Nelson. Yeah, I mean Garrett Nelson. When you talk about guys that just feel like black shirts, 
Like, I mean, his emotion, his ability to play, I mean, he just felt it. I mean, if you go back to his early tenure, we were doing this podcast, he came in as a true freshman, played. Um, he's, he's a Nebraska kid. Uh, he just feels it. And you think back on it, you know, obviously we had a really great defense this year. He had another year of eligibility left. Like, Garrett Nelson could have been on this roster this last year if we wanted to. Uh, Garrett Nelson was one of the big reasons we started talking about the NASCAR package. Um, you know, the NASCAR package was taking the world by storm. Everyone loved it. Uh, you know, it had, had a lot of, uh, had a lot of hype and a lot of things that were moving forward. But yeah, I'm going to go Garrett Nelson, uh, as my favorite defensive player, uh, over the podcast era. What about Cam Taylor Brett? Great pick. Cam Taylor Brent, he he often provided like some highlight reels that we would actually talk about on game recaps while he was there. Uh and you know what? Big shocker, he's doing those today in the NFL. Yeah. 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 I mean the, we we've hit two good ones with uh Garrett Nelson, Cam Taylor Brent. Uh Derek, who's yours? It's gotta be DiCaprio Boodle, right? Great pick, Derek. Great pick. I don't believe you. But I don't believe you pick. at all. Can I tell the story? It's, it's got, Can I tell the story, the, Derek? Everybody knows the story. Tell, well, it, tell it again. It's a great story. So I hammered DiCaprio Boodle for, I don't know, at least a full season. And I woke up one morning after a podcast and had a DM in my Twitter page and I got to go read it and turns out it was DiCaprio brother DiCaprio Boodle's older brother talking about all the awards that he had won from Nebraska and telling me how I didn't know anything about football. <laughs> yeah, he he tried to hammer me pretty or he did hammer me pretty hard. And you were he was right. He was right. You were wrong. I mean he turned out better than he I mean he turned out better than what I expected at that point. Full disclosure, full disclosure. It he was still only, only had Derek like, what, Cameron, DiCaprio, Boodle. Yeah. Oh, me I don't and know Tyler, if that's true. Boodle. Me and Tyler. I, I don't know if that's true. Well, the, guy had one, the guy had one interception in his four-year career. <laughs> he's, st- he's still knocking him to this day. Derek will not He's still in the down. NFL. He's in the NFL he's right now. He's in the NFL. Well. Derek's still like, yeah, yeah right. Is he doing good. well? I thought he was he's like on a practice he's squad. Po- but... He's playing every now and again. I'll, I'll throw one more name out there uh, and maybe give Derek a chance, but uh, if he wants to, maybe he wants to go keep decap. But uh, a guy who just left this year, Luke Reimer, um, one of the better inside backers we saw in this time. Um, obviously, is leaving one of the top ten tacklers in Nebraska history. Um, really fun to be talking about a guy who always got underappreciated by the awards. I feel like should have made like a second team Big Ten, maybe a first. I mean, like really a great defender. Uh, put up a lot of tackles for us. Um, yeah, but I mean, yeah, he, he'd be another name I'd have to throw out. Remember way back in the day where we loved to talk about the Davis twins? Oh, yeah. yeah Khalil Davis and uh, Carlos Davis. I mean, those were those were two big studs that we loved to talk about. Yeah, they were great, and they, they played well. I I believe uh, one of the Davis brothers, I don't remember which one. Khalil. 
was it Khalil that still leads to sacks? Like he's the only guy that's gotten over five and a half sacks in the season. Well, Khalil since then, Khalil is doing really well with the Texans right now. I thought that's where you were going with that. No, as a career. Well, one of one of the two of them had like seven sacks one year, and he's the last guy to have that many sacks. Like we're, we seem to be stuck at this four and a half, five five and a half sacks, but leading the team, and he was one of the last ones to do it. I don't remember if it was which. I don't remember exactly which one. I think it was Khalil Davis. I think Carlos is the one everybody expected to be better, but Khalil was the one that kind of exceeded. I, I mean, we've had a lot of good defensive linemen over the years. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I, the Davis brothers were as fun as any of them, though. Well, guys, I blew all of my sappy shit earlier before we had to talk about offensive and defensive players because it wasn't in my notes. So I'm not going to repeat it again. But I will say, I fucking love talking with you guys about Husker football. Not going to lie. I love it. I love our pre, pre-show, uh, pre well, pre-production calls is what they're supposed to be called, right? Where we just bullshit about Husker football. Anyway, uh, I can't wait to be doing this with you guys for another 10, 15 years, as long as I'm alive. Think you're gonna be alive for ten to fifteen more years? <laughs> I'm I'm hoping, I'm hoping. Well, I I, I just want to, want you to know that I love fucking hating you. <laughs> you're just mad because I kick your ass in golf. I here's what I was. Ah, uh, that's I, never true. To to all the guests we've had on, to all the great people that we've had that you know have helped us get three hundred episodes. Uh, John Swedland back in the Husker hype days. Herdap Media, who's been a great partner now. Connor, who has done so much work behind the scenes, but mostly our significant others for allowing us to do this, which, I mean, that that, that cord could have been ripped any minute. Like, I mean, it, it's like dangling by a th- thread some weeks. I'm like, I, I always worry about, yep, yeah, this is it. This is the last one. And it's uh, been awesome to do it. So. Husker News breaks out. It's like, babe, can I go record one? It's like an impromptu episode. Yep. We yep, just hired so. a coach. Yeah. So. <laughs> Hopefully we're done with those days. No more emergency right? press conferences because we hired a coach. I don't know. It sounds like there might be a new coach being uh, hired soon. Details we'll to come. See, these rumors don't age. That's why we don't hit them all the time. All right. Well, special <laughs> thanks to our producer, Connor Russell, for putting this audio together for us. Be sure to follow the Husker Cuscast on Twitter, at Husker Cuscast. Like us on Facebook. Look for episodes anywhere to get your podcast. Hit that subscribe button, and don't forget to rate and review. On behalf of Derek and Tyler, we want to thank everybody for listening. As always, go